This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. would like to welcome everyone that's just tuned into Radio K Pulpit and I'm Alana and my program is Body Matters. I hope you all had a wonderful week that has just passed and today I just have a very special guest in the studio. It's Estelle Willifee and she's a wife and a mother of two boys and today she's going to share her story and this is a miracle story that Estelle is going to share with us and it's coming straight from her heart and so please just stay in tune and and don't miss this incredible story this is a story that's going to build your faith like never before Estelle welcome Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Estelle, thank you for being so willing to share your story with us. And um, we're going to talk about an incident that happened in your life with your son and, um, and how God had raised him back from the dead. But before we do that, before we get into all the detail, don't you want to just share a little bit about yourself um, just to, to let the audience know who you are and where you, you know, where you come from. Um, thank you, Alana. Um, I grew up in Pretoria and um, I also studied there at Tikis and I met my husband, Mayu, there at a prayer meeting at church um, 31 years ago. Sure. <laughs> and it's been a, a wild adventure being married to a godly man that um, is bold enough to step out in faith. So we've lived in many places as he mm. felt the Holy Spirit lead him. Um, yeah, we lived in Cape Town, Pretoria, Johannesburg in New Zealand, North and South Island, sure. <laughs> Australia. And now we're back in Cape Town for um, the past 11 years. And um, we've got two amazing boys. Um, Nico is now 20 years old um, and Matthew is 12 years old. So it's been an amazing blessing from God. And Estelle, when you shared with me earlier on, you spoke that you mentioned that you struggled to fall pregnant with the two boys. Tell us a little bit about that journey. Yeah, um, it's been an interesting journey. We were married for about a year when um, we felt that God was saying, that part of life we need to really give into his hands and not plan it per se as a human. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was still a student at that stage, so I was like a bit nervous, thinking God might answer our prayers very sure. quickly and it might be a bit of a struggle to finish the studies. But mm-hmm. as the excitement um, then started growing into um, like, but why God? Why isn't anything mm-hmm. happening? It was months and then it turns into years and as you see friends and family and everybody else having children, you started questioning, is there something wrong? Um, God, why aren't you answering my prayer? And um, yeah, and then I did, obviously went for um, um, went to doctors and mm. went for treatment. And the doctor, I remember the doctor said to me after the first set of treatments that he can't understand, it's not, I'm not ovulating. And sure. it was as if something dropped in my spirit saying, but I did ask you, or I promised you that it will happen at the right time, mm. you know. And then we went home and we just decided, okay, no human intervention anymore. We're just going to give it into God's hands. And then 
yeah, it took a whole 10 years. Wow, that's a long <laughs> time. It was a long time. Um, but it was so amazing. Um, we were sitting in a restaurant um, in, in Wellington and um, my husband looked at me and he just jumped up and went to a pharmacy and I was very like puzzled. Why on earth would he do this in the middle of dinner with friends, um, yes. Bible school students? And um, later on, he told me that God said to him, your wife's pregnant. Wow. And um, obviously the test confirmed yes. that. And that was <laughs> so you went to go get the test. Yes. That's, oh, what he, that's, that's awesome. Why he, so he had that, that uh, feeling and he just knew now. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. wow. So it was absolutely amazing. And then um, with Matthew, it was a similar story. Mm. Um, we at, at one point, we make, made peace with the fact that our kid's only going to be Nico and um, we're going to enjoy him. And then I said to Mayo, let's just bless other people with all this baby stuff. Um, we started giving it away yes. and Mayo never told me at that stage. He kept one little box of special toys back. Oh, wow. <laughs> I think it might have been his uh, that was seed his of faith. faith. Yes, yes yeah. his faith. And um, there was a visiting pastor that came to the church and um, he just shared in his heart that saying that he... God constantly uses him to pray for women that has either hormonal issues mm. or want to fall pregnant. And after the service, I said to May, remember when that guy prayed, I took it in faith um, just for the hormonal yes. issues. And he was laughing. He says, you know, God doesn't do half jobs. He's oh, going wow. to restore your fertility as well. And a month later, I was pregnant with Matthew. Sure. So, so now, what's yeah. the gap again between Matthew and Nico? Eight years. Eight years. Yeah, sure. yeah. So that was a long way yes, in between. Yeah. So I, I know all children are miracles and from God. But if mm. you wait that long, I think you appreciate the fact Obviously. a little bit more. And you yeah. know, you know that is yes, God's plan absolutely, for you. Absolutely. That is so awesome. And I think we're going to take a short break, Estelle. And after this break, Estelle is going to share her story. And our topic today is... Is back from the dead. Thank you. Hi, if you've just tuned in to Radio K Pulpit, this is Alana Willifear with Body Matters. And I have a very special guest in the studio, Estelle Willifear. And she's going to share this miracle story of how God raised her son from the dead. So Estelle, I know it's a very sensitive issue and every time that you retell the story, I know that it still has some, you know, it still brings up some of that emotion. So I'm so thankful that you are prepared to share it with us today. So tell us about that day and, and also how, what happened, how did that affect you or shall I say, um, what experience did you have with God after the incident? Yeah, I'm, as you said, it, it does bring back a lot of memories. And every time, even if I think about it, I get quite emotional. Um, it was the 10th of April, 2004. Um, it was over Easter weekend, which I think um, was very significant. Yes. Um, it was two weeks after Nico's second birthday. Um, and um, at one stage, he just disappeared and I couldn't find him. And my first thought was look at the swimming pool. So I was running to the swimming pool and I found him floating face down in sure. the pool. And at that stage, um, you don't need anybody to tell you how grave and how bad that situation is. And I, I as I was running to the pool, um, I just um, cried out to God and said, God, please help us today. Sure. And, um, and I also um, 
called out to Mayu and I said, please come and help. So I dove into the swimming pool and um, I handed his lifeless body to Mayu and I just begged Mayo just to do something. And mm. I remembered about 10 years ago, Mayo's had some CPR training mm. and I was hoping he could remember something. <laughs> and I know he didn't work ever with children, mm. but I was hoping that he could just recall just something, something, that he could just do something. It was, it was so, um, Nico was completely lifeless. We couldn't find any pulse. He was blue. He was all swollen up. Um, his eyes were half open and his mouth was open and um, it was clear to me that he was dead and um, obviously to Mayo as well. Okay. And um, Mayo started with CPR mm. and he said to me, Estelle, just phone somebody. And at that stage, my first thought wasn't the doctor because I thought, but God, I can see what's happening, what's happening here. Sure. And I thought I need to phone somebody that I know would be at home on a Saturday morning and that would know how to pray. And um, my first thought was my parents. And I found mm. my parents and I said, please pray. I think Nico is dead. And I didn't know if they would be able to pray if yes, I told him yes. that he was definitely dead. Anyway, so at that stage, May was busy with him um, doing CPR. And he said to me, Stel, we've lost him. Um, nothing that I'm doing is helping. And... Um, he said to me, have you found somebody? And I was thinking, okay, obviously he means probably more, more medical. Help. Yes, um, medical help. And um, I remembered his, um, our physician, our house doctor, GP, she was a, a very good friend of Mayu. Um, mm. They grew up together. And um, I thought, okay, her practice is close by and she knows us very well. Maybe she would be on a Saturday at her practice. So I found her. I screamed at the receptionist and I said, this is the situation. Can I please speak to Krishna? And um, she called the doctor and when she got to the phone and she heard what I was just telling her and she said, Estelle, but you need an ambulance. And she even gave me the ambulance number. It's strange in a situation like that, yes. that there's no logical thought. Yes, um, you, you're so can, panicky. You, you can't absolutely. think straight. You know, I can imagine. Yeah. And, sure. um, at that stage, when I put the phone down, Mayo said to me for the second time, still, nothing I'm doing is helping. We've lost Nico. And um, I thought, okay, I better now phone the ambulance. And um, I phoned the ambulance and they um, they wanted to ask so many questions, um, which really frustrated me at that yes, point. Yes, you need help. Yes. So I, I said to the guy, sorry, I can't answer questions now. This is the address. This is what happened. And please just come. Yes. So I put the phone down. And third time, Mayo said to me, um, we've lost him. No, it's not helping. None of, none of my procedures is making any difference. And um, I was thinking, we've waited 10 years for him. We've only had him for two years. Um, yeah. You know, it was it was just so devastating. It feels like somebody was just pulling out all the energy. Um, yes. It's just like a plug. And, um, hmm. and as I was dropping to my knees in the kitchen, I heard God's voice clearly was saying to me, why are you accepting it? It is not Nico's time. Wow. Man, there was an anger that came over me. Sure. And I just suddenly realized I don't have to accept the situation. Yes. It is not Nico's time. That was a clear message. Mm. And I started praying and I started praying in tongues and I was doing spiritual warfare. And mm. I just screamed it out and I said, Satan, you will not steal him from us today. 
And at that moment, I just saw in the spirit this dog hand letting go sure. of Nico. And the next moment, Mayo shouted, he's vomited water, wow. he's alive. God gave him back. I can't remember what everything we, we said, but it was yes. just this immense joy that sure. God gave him back at that moment. Mm. Um, but then he was um, extremely, his whole body was just so Tense, and he was making this strange high-pitched noises. We obviously tried to get him dressed into something warm, dry and yes. warm. Um, we couldn't even get the T-shirt over his head. We we had to cut it off with um, scissors. And was um, that because of the swelling? That's that's what we sure. thought. You know, we were struggling, and then told it's not worth it. Just cut it off. Yes. And um, at that stage, at that very moment, my um, Krishna, the family GP, she arrived at our house. She mm. left the whole practice and just chased sure. down to our house. And she said she could hear me thanking God and praising God that Nika was alive. And she said, oh, luckily she didn't tell me at that moment, but she said afterwards that she wanted to shake me. So women, just stop thanking God. Do you know in what bad condition your son is at that mm -hmm. moment? Because um, she said she's worked in A&E for a long time. Yes, and, and she could see what she physically yes. saw. She obviously made her assumption. Yes, and she said she saw kids in a better condition coming in and the prognosis was not good. And she said it was, she knew this was really bad. Yes. Um, she examined him just there on the kitchen floor. And she said, guys, there's a new hospital that opened up. Please follow mm. me. So we jumped in the car and gave chase to the hospital. And and that was before the ambulance even arrived. Even before the ambulance arrived. Mm. And anyway, so we followed her um, to, the to the hospital. And um, when we stopped, um, she grabbed Nico from me and she ran with him in. And I was running after mm. her. And she was just shouting all these medical terms, and I could see just the whole hospital coming into action. Sure. And um, they um, they intubated um, Nika. They put a tube down his throat, and um, they put drips and stuff on him. And um, it was terrible seeing your child sure. like that. And um, then two nurses started asking me questions. I wanted to fill out forms, and they asked me, so where did you find him? Was he down at the bottom or was he floating? And I said he was floating, thinking that's a good sign. Mm. And the nurse stopped writing and she was looking at the other nurse. And then that whole thing hit me, thinking mm. God said he's giving him back. Yes. But I don't know in what condition. Yes. What is going to be the outcome? Mm. And that was the graveness of seeing Nico lying there. And this nurse's reaction, I knew mm. something else. and then. What Krishna explained to me later on, she said to me um, that once a person drowns, they first go down to the bottom. And then when they float at the surface, after a while, it's an indication of long time in the water, wow, long sure. time without oxygen. So that is mm. not a good sign. Mm. And um, then we saw the pediatrician. Um, she said to us, you know, um, prepare yourselves for a long hospitalization. Um, only time will tell what the outcome what is the going outcome, to be. Yes. But the hospital is going to assign a counselor to take us through this difficult time. And I mean, that all is really not good signs. Yes. What she was saying, the fact that they're sending a counselor. Um, so all the information that you were getting around was yes. nothing looked good. Nothing looked good at that stage. Yes. Um, and then um, 
my husband and I had this conversation and I'm not going to go into details, but mm. there was a conversation um, around forgiveness and there I realized again the importance of forgiveness. Mm. Um, you have to forgive. Um, yes. And really it is a supernatural thing and we need the Holy Spirit to do true forgiveness. Mm. And anyway, but I felt at that stage that was a, like a key junction, like a key point in mm. this whole recovery process of process. recovering. So you felt that you had to forgive yes. in order for God to be able to perform a miracle or for God to, to complete the miracle. To complete the miracle. Yes, that, that's what I felt at that stage. Okay. Um, and um, anyway, and then, yeah, it was, it was actually quite remarkable. Then obviously he was taken straight into ICU. Yes. It was all these machines and monitors and stuff. And then um, the first moment he opened his eyes and I, he looked at me and I could see he was wow. trying to mouth mommy. He recognized yes. me. And then he looked at Mayo and he was trying, but he still had the tube down his throat. And so he couldn't speak properly. He couldn't speak to us, but he was obviously recognizing us. So that and was... That, that was amazing. That, that, that was an amazing sign. Mm. Um, and as the doctors explained to me afterwards, for, for a recovery to happen that quickly um, was, was quite amazing because Krishna phoned um, later that evening and she was just interested how Mayo and myself was doing emotionally. Yes. She said she did not expect any improvement. And when I said to her, but he opened his eyes wow. and he was recognizing us, she said she was just absolutely oh, astounded. Sure. She knew um, God was moving. That was a miracle. Yeah, that God was moving. So it was the same day that you found him, yes. that same day that he opened up to his yes, eyes. Yes, yeah, yeah. And I know that normally the, the consequences could have been brain damage. Yes. Uh, Absolutely. That is Absolutely. what it is for for someone that has drowned, and if they yes. do survive, the the yeah. chances are yeah. very good that yeah. there's brain damage. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then so, he, yeah. So it, the the other amazing thing is obviously they took the tube out so he could talk, and the first thing he thought he asked was um, food. <laughs> and obviously, in <laughs> ICU in the middle of the night, oh. the kitchen was closed, the restaurant was closed, so it was quite funny to see the the perplexity of the nurses thinking but you know nobody in ICU is asking for food so they quickly had to find some food in the pediatric ward sure. um, and he wanted to just talk and he wanted to get off the bed and so I positioned him on the on the drip stand yes. so that he could hold on to that he was very weak at that stage and we pushed him around in the hospital so because he was keeping everybody awake in ICU <laughs> with all his talking. Now, Estelle, if I just have to pause there, when you see, when you experience the fact that he opened his eyes and he was trying to say, Mommy, what was going through your emotions? For me, the, I think the, the amazing thing was, for me, it gave hope to think that, you know, I didn't know how God was giving him back, but yes. obviously there was a clear sign that God was doing a complete work. Um, yes. Although I could see his body was still weak, just the fact that his mm. mind was um, awake enough to recognize us. Um, yeah, it was it was absolutely astounding. Yes, um, and you must have been overjoyed. Oh, absolutely. Um, I cannot tell you. <laughs> you can been, imagine. It's been, it's been such a roller coaster yes. in that time. And there was a... There was quite a few interesting um, incidents um, 
one of the things was um, they did an X-ray. Uh, the pediatrician said to mm. us um, she expected chemical pneumonia. That morning, Mayo put um, shock treatment in the water. So you're not even supposed to swim. Oh, wow. And all that water was ingested. Um, so it was, and she said, you know, it's going to happen. I'm going to send a physio and we're looking at the x-rays. Mm. And when the poor physio arrived, um, she looked at the x-rays and she couldn't see any pneumonia or any signs of pneumonia. Oh, wow. So the doctor was convinced they mixed the x-rays with someone else's. Sure. So initially it showed all the water. And then when the physio was supposed to work on the second set of x-rays, there was no pneumonia. And um, so... Eventually, the doctor insisted they need to bring a mobile unit <laughs> into the ward so she can see they're actually doing it on Nico because she couldn't believe the lungs were supposed to be clear. Um, and what I just need to mention is mm. when this incident happened, we sent SMSs out to all our friends and all our families and people were praying everywhere in yes. South Africa for um for the um, recovery recovery of Nico um it was just amazing yeah. so that was a, a huge um thing of seeing the doctor and the physio being puzzled and the radiographer mm. saying but you know I know how to do x-rays yes. um it it was quite amusing actually mm. every time to see how god is just showing up and doing one miracle on top of the next one um, the other thing that happened is she wanted to do an MRI scan mm. to look at any brain, brain damage. damage yes. And as we were walking down the hall, I said to Mayo, I think this is another sort of T-junction. We better pray. Because yes. obviously the enemy wants, mm. wants there to be damage on this X-ray or scans or MRI scans. And the doctor said to us we could stay in the... Um, the facility with him as he was going into mm. the tunnel. So we were holding his hands and I knew the doctors could see us because they were sitting behind this glass panel looking at us. And um, I didn't actually realize they could hear us as well. Okay. <laughs> and again, Mayo and I started praying in tongues sure. and doing spiritual warfare. And when this whole thing was finished, um, I could just see this astounding, like the doctors were just staring at us. And the one doctor said, what was that? That sounded like some <laughs> space language. Oh, and, um, sure. and I said to the doctor, I said, yes, it's not of this earth. It's yes. a heavenly language. Yes, and, amen. And as I was walking back, I said to Mayo, if you told me a week ago I would be this bold, I would say, no, never. Yes. But, um, you know, when you're fighting for the life of your child of and the outcome, care. I just like I was just hoping they wouldn't send anybody with a white coat <laughs> to come and investigate us. Yes. Um, but it was just absolutely astounding. And then. And the results, there was nothing. Yes. Yeah. No, absolutely. Praise 100% clear. And um, then obviously um, at, at one stage, the pediatrician again, Nico, um, at one morning, I think it was the Tuesday morning, he pulled out the the drip that was still in his hand um, mm. and he was just playing and drawing pictures with two friends and when the doctor walked in I think it looked more like a crash than a <laughs> hospital sure. room and, and, and I could see in her medical mind this was not supposed mm. to happen and mm. she said take your little miracle and go home and um, bring him back in a week's time so I can see if everything is okay yes, to check up and that was um, in a week's, um, I think it was the, it happened the Saturday and I think it was the Thursday she sent us home. None of this Aww. long hospitalization. So, um, and, and yeah, it, it was just absolutely 
amazing to see how quickly God did all these things. Mm. Um, and then uh, can I go on and just tell what happened at home? Yes, of course. Share more. Yes. We want to hear more. What, what, whatever God lays on your yeah, heart, we want to hear. When we arrived back home, um, obviously Nico wanted to go to the pool. And he had no fear of water whatsoever. So I, that was the first thing. Yes. And I can't say the same for myself. Obviously, course, I was terrified yes. seeing him even closer. And I said, I refuse. I'm not taking him yeah, to the You swim. don't want to take another chance. Yes. Yeah. And uh, Mayo said, listen, we need to do this for mm. our healing as well. You know, God has done this yes. miracle, but we have to overcome now this fear of seeing him close to water. Mm. And anyway, so we... Um, Allowed him to go to the pool and he wanted to get in. He got into the pool and the next moment he started splashing the water and he just had this joyful peace over sure. him and he started thanking God. He was two years old and he said the words, Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Wow. Thank you, Mommy. And Mayo and I was just standing there thinking, did we hear correct? I was so mm. glad he was with me because mm. <laughs> thinking. Yeah, that, because you don't want to, uh, yes, to, to retell something. Yes, that's, um, yes. It, it was absolutely amazing. And then Mayo said to me, but I think this is confirmation. He was with God. Yes. Um, and then a very interesting thing is after that, we've shared at a few occasions, but Nico was either never been with us. Or he fell asleep. The ones he was in the church where we shared it, um, he fell asleep mm. just before we started talking. And we really had in our hearts that God was saying, don't talk to him about it. Um, you, it will become clear why in, mm. in a time. So it was about two years after that. We were living in New Zealand at that stage. And um, we were at a public swimming pool. And Nico was just very different that day. He was like wanted to swim under the water and wave at me. And he was just peaceful and joyful mm. and very quiet, which is not, he's a very bouncy boy. Bubbly person. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And as we were getting dressed um, afterwards, he was sitting quiet in the corner and I said to him, are you okay? And he looked at me and he said, mom, why did you call me back when I was with Jesus? Um, and at that moment I realized, um, you know, God wanted us to hear that without us talking to him about yes. this whole incident. And um, I was absolutely dumbfounded. And I said to yes. him, you know, how special he was. And we really wanted him yes, longer with of us. Course. And I said to him, so how was it there? And he said, it is so beautiful. And wow. it was the people, the singing was so beautiful. And I could see that amazing enjoyment that he had there. Mm. And I was thinking, you know, heaven is so real. And um, even for those people that that's lost somebody yes. to know that that's a better place. Um, yes. Nico didn't want to come back. He sure. would rather stay there. But luckily for us, that was not this timing. Yes. And um, yeah, so that was an amazing occasion. And then from that point onwards, we understood why we couldn't talk to him beforehand. But then we quite openly talked to him and talk in front of mm. him about the incident. And um, and how few, old was he, more or less, at that um, stage? He was when, four, four. Okay. Yeah. So it was about two years two after years that the incident. Okay. And yeah. that's still very young. For very young. For someone to comprehend and, something so big. Yeah, and, and obviously to recall that must have yes. been the Holy Spirit because we've never told him the yes. story. So it was for me absolutely such a confirmation mm. that he was with God. Yes. 
Um, and the other interest, interesting incident was a few weeks, months after that, um, we were driving in the car and Nico said to me, Mom, explain to me how Jesus' clothes look. And I was like thinking, okay, what do I remember from the children's Bible yes. and what did I read in the Bible? And I was thinking a white Cloak. Like sort of cloak, a dress type of thing like the Israelites yes. wore. And I was explaining these things to him. And he said to me, no, mom, Jesus' clothes is red. Wow. And he was giving me details and things. And I was mm. like very perplexed. But I left him. He was yes. just so convicted and convinced of what he was saying. And that evening I asked God, I said, should I talk to him about it? It was kind of like it was very heavy on my heart mm. because he was so convinced of the color of Jesus' yes. clothes. And um, the Holy Spirit took me to Revelation 19. And um, definitely go and read it. It, mm. it says that where Jesus was ready to come back and it says he whose clothes has been dipped in blood is sitting on the horse ready to come. Wow. And I was recognizing if I dip a white cloth in blood, yes. it will come out red. And I knew that was what Nico saw when he was there. Sure. So, And I've never read that scripture before. Mm. And there's no ways that my four-year-old would have known mm. that. So, It's so encouraging, Estelle. I think when you talk about it, you know, we realize that God is so real. Um, amen. You know, that heaven is real. Heaven is real. And for a, a two-year-old or a four-year-old to comprehend something like that, it's not a story. Mm. You know, you know that what they talk, kids talk the truth. You know, yes. they they speak mm. the truth and they say what they, you know, what they feel. And I think it's so encouraging that, that people will know, must know that, you know, heaven is a beautiful place. And like you said, Nico didn't want to come back. Mm. You know, and sometimes when we lose people, we think, you know, we are the ones that grieve them, mm. but actually they're in a better place. Yes. And I think just the miracle that God, the revelation, I think that you had, what's so significant for me was that you knew that God had given you this child. Yes, amen. And that is the revelation you got, and that was the fighting the, the the warfare that you did for your mm. son. Yes, amen. And um, I think it also reminds me that when we've got a promise from God, that we need to stand on that promise. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah. you knew that God had given you this child. This was a gift from God because yes. you waited mm. so long for him. Mm. And when the enemy came, you could take up your authority and say, no, but this is a gift from God. Mm. You know, he is, you're not going to stand for it. And I think, uh, I think that is so awesome because I, I can't comprehend as a mother, you know, what could go through one's mind when you see your child lying lifeless there. And, you know, all you've got is only God that can do something, yes, you know, amen. only God can do a miracle yes, and life and death is in his hands. And so the story is so beautiful. Is there anything else that you would like to share on, on you know, on, on the story? I think, yeah, it was just the, the amazingness of God's goodness and his grace mm -hmm. um, and um, doing such a special thing. Um, yes. It's it's something that I would never want to go through again. But at the same time, experiencing God being so real and 
knowing that everything I've trusted and believed all my mm. life, seeing it in action, and and the miracle of of speaking things into existence. It yeah. is just so important. God didn't create with his hands. He created with his words. Yes, that's powerful. He spoke things into existence. Mm. And everything that he spoke into existence, he said, he looked at it and it was beautiful and it mm. was good. And we need to speak into our situations. Yes. Number one, knowing how to hear God's voice. We need to practice hearing his voice, mm. practice being obedient. Um, start with small little things. And the more we get used to hearing his voice and practicing walking in that obedience, the clearer his voice will become that mm. if there's a crisis, that you can actually hear his voice. There's not always time to call up 10 friends and fast and pray. Yes. Sometimes you need to immediately know this is what God is saying. Yes. And then you better speak in agreement with God. Mm. Speak it into existence. Um, um, it doesn't help us to just think it. Or yes. sometimes we you have need to put to it do, in action. Yes, but we need to speak it. Speak it. The the word says, if you see that mountain and you speak to it, it will be lifted up yeah. and drop into the sea. So it is the speaking, and we have to be careful of our words mm -hmm. that we speak. Yeah. Now that is amazing, and the fact that you heard God so clearly, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, even in the midst of all that chaos, you yeah. still heard God's voice. Yes. And, and that is amazing. But we're going to take a short break now and um, we're going to come back in a few minutes. We're going to just take a short music break. If you've just tuned into Radio K Pulpit, this is Alana Ulifi with Body Matters. And I have Estelle Ulifi in the studio with me with her incredible story of God of how God raised her son from the dead. And this is a story I think if anybody had to listen to it will really build your faith. And I know just even listening to the story, just holding back tears in my eyes that I don't cry, but it's such a beautiful story. And so Estelle, just to end off, I just want to find out from you. I know that there's so many people that might not have your miracle story. You know, that might have lost a loved one. And um, how would you encourage those people? Um, <clears throat> I think just, um, obviously, I would love for everybody to see how Nico's face looked when he asked me, why did you call me back? Um, that enjoyment, that peace, mm. the beauty that he experienced there, it is a much, much better place. And... Um, for whoever has lost a loved one, remember they are in a better place. And I know it hurts on this earth, obviously because our flesh is involved. Mm. But to know that we will meet them one day again, um, and um, they are not even thinking back of this earth. It's for them past. Um, it's so yes. much better. It's like it's they so, don't want to come back. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And I think if we can hold on to that promise, you mm. know, and know that heaven is real, you don't have to worry about it or think about it um, or reason it out. They are in a better place. Mm. Um, and, and take courage and comfort in that. Um, and um, it's really my prayer of my heart that people will, will draw close to God and um, that the Holy Spirit will be their comforter. Only the Holy Spirit will know what you need mm. at, to take you through this difficult time. Mm. Um, I know there's friends that's lost the son and, um, yeah, I, I really feel for them. And, um, 
I really pray that God will will heal that hurt mm. and the pain. And I think also it's just, you know, in our human flesh, we miss them. Yes. You know, we miss them. But I, as you said, what's so encouraging about your story and, and that part about heaven, we, when they're there, they don't, don't want to come mm. back, you know. Yes. And it's such a beautiful place. And I think that is very comforting to know that. And just, um, just for interest's sake, how is Nico doing now? Oh, he's doing brilliant. He's um, second year at university. He's um, studying um, information technology. So he takes off to his dad in the IT field. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is um, playing in two church bands. Um, so he's I, got a gift for praise and worship. Absolutely. He's a drummer and a vocalist. And he's just taken up guitar. And um, he's done a little bit of teaching um, at a sort of a youth group. Um, it's just absolutely amazing to see his understanding and his knowledge of the word, even when he was about 12 years old, Mm. how he was just, if we walked past his room, he would just sit on his bed and be reading the Bible without anybody encouraging him to do it. Um, He's always just had this knowledge and understanding of the word. Um, Mm. He he definitely has a very special bond. Um, It was very amazing to see when he first heard um, the scripture about baptism, Oh, um, do you want to share that yes. story? And and the, there's another story that um, you told me I would like you to share. One one evening as we were just reading scriptures, he was about six years old. Um, I read him the passage about the Ethiopian man and Philip explaining to him the, the gospel. And then this man looked at the water and he said, what, what prevents me from being baptized? And Phil, um, Philip said to him, um, if you believe with your whole heart, um, it is authorized or we can do it. We can baptize you. Mm. And Nico was just jumped up from the bed and he was looking shocked. And he said, but mom, you know, Jesus is in my heart. Why haven't you told me <laughs> that I need to be baptized? Wow. So I was like a little bit thinking, okay, I thought you might need to be a bit older, but yes. obviously your understanding is very clear mm. of this. And I said to him, okay, tomorrow at, um, we'll first talk to dad uh, tomorrow morning. Um, Maya was already asleep. Um, and I said, and then we will talk to the pastor at, at church, thinking, okay, this will make him nervous or whatever. We just wanted to be sure before yes. we do this step. And he stormed up to the pastor the next morning. Um, he said, Pastor, when's the next baptism? I need to be baptized. Sure. You know? It's like, um, and then the pastor also said to me, you know, you need to prepare him because we usually ask uh, in public, why do you want to be baptized? Yes. Just kind of like make sure he has a sensible answer in yeah. public in church. And I asked um, Nico the night before, so what are you going to say if they ask you that question? And he looked at me as if, you know, mommy is very silly yeah. to ask me this question. He says, mom, the word says I need to do it and I want to be obedient. Wow. <laughs> and I was thinking, that's a simple you answer. you a radical boy. <laughs> yes. And it's it's not difficult to understand and not, not difficult to explain either. Mm. Um, and God says we need to be like children. The children, yes. The and, ca- children um, will in- inherit the kingdom yes, of God. Absolutely. Wow. And um, they had like um, it's it's like a like of a type of a jacuzzi type of mm. pool with little steps. And you must have seen him jump up those steps. He was 
absolutely super excited. And he was how to old? Six. 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 Yeah, okay. yeah. When he wanted to um, to be baptized. And it was amazing to see, you know, prophetic word being said over his life. And, um, yeah, it was just absolutely astounding to to see that excitement of taking the step in obedience and yes. faith. You know. And it's something mm. you didn't even have to talk him into. Yes, he was absolutely. like already tightly convinced. Yes, yeah. And also, yeah. just I know you've mentioned before a story of you was playing rugby. Yes. Yeah, Don't you want to yeah. share that story too? Yes, I think that's so um, beautiful. Um, he played rugby in um, New Zealand and at one stage he was, I think, the man of the match and he did. Mm. He was just we really had a, quite a great game. And um, somebody was asking him, so are you going to pursue rugby one day as when you when you grow up? And he looked at all of us and said, like, but why do you ask me that? You know, I'm called to be a prophet. Wow. You know? <laughs> a prophet shouldn't play rugby or something yes. like that. Um, but obviously a prophet can play rugby. Mm. But uh, for him, it was just like, why do you ask me mm. about any other profession? I'm called to be a prophet. Yes. So <laughs> it was it was really interesting. And obviously the first time he heard God calling him as a prophet, he asked us, so what what is this thing? <laughs> what, what is a prophet yeah. supposed to do and what, what does it mean? Um, and sure. we obviously had to explain that to yes. him. It was like almost like a Samuel experience mm. that he heard God's voice and... Yeah, and I I think also you know we never know, but even that time in heaven, he must have got a lot of information, yes, yeah. or a download of mm. what his purpose was, yes. and I think that why why it was so easy to grasp, mm. you know, or hear the voice of God, yes, yeah. knowing that he was called. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's absolutely his passion. That's why he started um, teaching this youth group. He was saying. Mm. If if the young people understand, he says, I've met a lot of older people and they still can't hear God's voice. Yes. And he says, teach them from young. He says, how will they know what um, job to take one day, what profession, yes. what, what life partner they need to take, you know? They need to know God's voice. He says, we need to teach them from young. And it was so amazing to see his excitement, mm. wanting to teach um, and, and just be bold and saying to the leaders, do you mind if I just start teaching? Yes, but that's so, great yeah, that he's is. stepping out in faith. Mm. And I know, as I know, God is going to do a mighty work in his heart. You know, God has got a purpose and a plan, not just for his life, for each and every one of our lives. And um, so, Estelle, would you mind if we end off some prayer, would you pray for us? And, yes. and pray for those listeners again, like we yeah. spoke about that, maybe need that word of encouragement, yeah. you know, for, for where they are yeah. at. Yeah. Thanks. Heavenly Father, in this afternoon, we want to just honor you and we want to give you praise for this opportunity to declare your goodness and your glory on this earth. And Lord, I pray through the Holy Spirit that you will come and that you will touch each and every heart, Lord, that might be hurting, that might be missing a loved one that they have lost, Lord. I pray that you will be the comforter, that you will talk to them in a way that they will understand. Lord, that you will bring understanding and that you will bring peace. Lord, that you will put their hearts at rest. Lord, that they will know that their loved one is with you. Lord, that heaven is so real. Lord, I pray that you will really come with your healing balm. Lord, and touch each one listening to this broadcast, Lord. And Lord, and it's my heart's desire that 
everybody listening will be drawn closer to you, Lord, that they will desire a relationship with you, Lord, and that they will make right, Lord, that they will forgive where they need to forgive, Lord, that they will um, walk in righteousness, Lord, that we will know, you say, you say in your word, we need to be holy like you mm. are holy, Lord, that we will um, know that the time is close to your a return, Lord, and I pray that um, you will reveal this on this earth. I pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. And for the listeners out there, I hope that this word was such a word of encouragement for you today. You know that that God is real and that miracles still happen today. And you know that we need to pursue a relationship with God. And as he still mentioned, we know don't know when the coming of Christ is, but we know as Christians that that is near mm. and that we need to get our hearts in order, that we need to turn back to him. And just for anyone out there listening, if you feel like you have, you know, you feel like you've backslidden from God or whatever it feels, I just want to tell you that God's arms are wide open for you. He came for you. He came to save the lost. And it's never too late. While you've got breath in you, it's never too late to turn back to God and commit your life to Him. So thank you. Estelle, thank you so much, listeners. I, I really trust that this experience has strengthened you. And if anyone wants to maybe contact you or email you, Estelle, or or anything like that, is there maybe an email address that you would like to give them? Yes, I think um, my email address is estelle.audioluig. It's the Afrikaans spelling, <laughs> O-U-D-I-O-L-O-O-G at gmail.com. Thank you so much. So if anyone would like to maybe just um, contact Estelle or you feel something on your heart, um, you can email her at that address. And yeah, thank you so much for joining me today. Unfortunately, this is the end of my program. And we'll meet again next Saturday at the same time. Have a blessed week from me, Alana Willyview. Goodbye. insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za